Hey, welcome. Awesome to see you guys today. Um, if I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's good to be with you. Y'all doing all right? Yeah, so good. All right. Um, if you're newer, welcome. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're checking us out. Um, if we have not met you yet officially, if you haven't let us know you're around, we would sure love to know that. Um, you could fill out a QR card that's on the back of your seat. For those of you who are here in the room, for those of you who are online, you can click the connect button. That'll take you to our digital connect card. Or those of you who are here, if you'd like, you can stop at the welcome desk on your way out. And we would love the opportunity to meet you, to answer any questions you might have. If there's any way we can serve you, help you, pray for you, that'd be a big deal for us. And we'd really appreciate the opportunity to get to know you. So thanks for doing that for us. I'm excited you're here this week. This is week three of this series that we're in that we've called it Midterms. And the foundation, the premise of this entire series is that um, sometimes God tests his people. He gives us tests. And so God tests his people. But what we need to know about that is he does not test us to fail us. He's a good teacher. He's a good father. He's a good God. And so he does not test us to fail us, but he tests us to bless us. Show us where we are, what we know, where we're trusting so he can honor us and bless us for our faith and our confidence in him. And I think we're in a season of testing right now as, as a nation, really, but as Christian people in our nation headed towards these midterm elections, the real question we're getting the chance to answer in the real world is who are we going to trust with our nation, with our community? Who are we going to trust with our lives, with our future? And so we're leaning into this together and this weekend, I wanna talk with you about healing and the healing that we need to receive as individual people, as a community, as a country, and how God alone is our healer. So I wanna, um, I wanna start by showing you this picture. This is from an internally displaced people's camp in West Africa that we at Christ Community happen to be deeply involved with. And uh, many of you, if you were here this last several months ago, we took up a big special offering to help the camp had burned down. And um, we've helped rebuild that camp and we have friends who are on site there and ministering, serving in Jesus' name. And so one of our friends sent us this picture and little story with it. So, so this gentleman that you see sitting there in, in the chair, he's a wound care patient in the camp and he has had a non-healing wound on his leg for more than four years. So our friend who's in the camp, and she's known there as um, Miriam, she met him short time ago as an answer to her prayers, that God would lead her to somebody who needed her help. Miriam's a nurse, and when she asked him if she could look at that wound and offer aid, he told her that everyone who'd tried to help in the past had only made it worse. And so he wouldn't let her treat him, but he did let her look. And she said that even though she wasn't able to address the wound that day, she felt God nudge her to give him a bar of medicinal soap with instructions to wash the area twice a day for a week. And the results of that, she said, were astounding. And what it did was open the door for her to be able to give him medical care. And then other medical patients in the community there, the IDP, they begin talking about how since Miriam has come, their wounds are now starting to heal. And over the next few days in that camp, she was able to share with these people how God had directed her to them, that he alone is the healer, that it's through the gifts of his people that she even has the ability to share his love, 
And she says it wasn't, even, it wasn't long until they in the camp were talking about God bringing healing to them. And for the man in that picture, that wound once went from his ankle nearly to his knee, is now a small area near the ankle that's continuing to close up. So it's this amazing thing. And, and so Miriam has asked of us, she has an ask of us, and she has a comment. So her ask of us is that we would pray for, and this is not this man's real name, it's the name she's given to him, Josiah, and that name means the Lord has healed. And so she's asking that we would pray that he would continue to understand God's healing and that his life would be surrendered to the one who's bringing healing to his physical body. And so I thought we ought to honor her ask and just as a church, pray together. So if you guys would bow your head and close your eyes with me, I'll voice our prayer for Josiah. So Father, half a world away, we know you see, you hear, you move prayers of your people. And so we're asking you for healing for Josiah, for his wound, so that he lives without pain and suffering, that he lives in health and wholeness, and for his heart and for his life, that he would find you to be the one who heals him. And thank you for people like Miriam who are willing to give their lives so that other people can hear and know what kind of God you are, what kind of love you have for us, what kind of power you exercise towards us. And Jesus, all of this comes through you, and so we pray these things in your name, amen. So thank you for praying, and so she had an ask of us, which was prayer, and then she had a comment, and I thought her comment was really insightful, so I wanna share it with you. She said, this man's story makes me think of my life, how many times I've allowed something to fester because I call on powerless people to meet my needs and refuse to call on the one who does have the power to heal. Many times, situations or circumstances in life can feel hopeless, but when we humbly allow God into our mess, when he steps in, unimaginably good things happen. So what a great story to begin our conversation together about God being the one who heals us. And so I wanna talk with you today about how God alone heals us, about how his healing comes to us through Jesus, and when we're ready to receive and willing to receive the healing that he offers to us, we're completely healed. So let's start showing you a couple Bible verses. One of these is from last week, that's Exodus chapter six, verse seven. This is a statement that God made to the ancient nation of Israel. We talked about that a little bit last weekend, and it's a statement that he is making to people like you and me today. He says, I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. What an, what an amazing offer. You know, that the, that the creator God, the God of heaven and earth, God who sees, who hears, who knows, who moves in power, like that God would look at people like you and me and say, hey, I will be God over you and you can, you can be my people, you can belong to me. And if you were with us last week, you saw how Jesus took that, kind of blew the doors off of that where he said, hey, not only my God and your God, but my Father and your Father and, and elevated the nature of that relationship for us. So not just, not just children of God, not just people of God, but children of God for people like you and me. And then God speaking into this relationship because when he enters into that kind of relationship with us, it's a covenant relationship. Like, the, like he makes promises to us about how he will live in relationship with us, what that relationship looks like and what we can expect from him. And so in Exodus chapter 15, again he's speaking this to that ancient nation of Israel but he says the same kind of thing 
to people like you and me in talking about what kind of God and what kind of father he will be to us. He says, and this was, he was contrasting for the nation of Israel. If you've heard the story of like the, the 10 plagues and through the Red Sea and Moses leading the people out of slavery, in response to those 10 plagues and, and the disease and the sickness and that, that fell on the nation of Egypt because of their mistreatment of God's people and their shaking their fists in the face of God, God sent those plagues on them and he says to his people, not, not plagues, but I'm the Lord who heals you. And so he, he lays out in what it's like to be his people, what it's like to be his children. You and I get to be the kind of people that receive his healing. And, and so you, you gotta know that, that your healing our healing is, it's really important to God. He, for a number of reasons, one is he cares about the promises that he makes. He's not, he's not flippant with his promises. When he says something like, I'm the Lord who heals you, he means that and, and he guards his integrity very carefully. And so when, when he says, I'm the Lord who heals you, like he, it's, our healing is important to him because he said, that, that he will heal us. And then our healing is important to him because he's declared himself to be God over us and, and the way he cares for us and the way we are treated as his people is really important to him. If he said, I'm your father, I'm your God, you belong to me, you're my people, you're my children, and, and the experience that we have in this life, is it's important to him that that we would represent him well by what we receive from him. And then our healing is important to him because he loves us. You know, he cares about us and he wants, he wants good for us and not harm. He wants, he wants our well-being, not, not suffering for us. And so our healing is really important to God. It's so important to him that he was willing to suffer so that you and I don't have to suffer. Isaiah chapter 53, verses four and five, the ancient prophet Isaiah, this writing 700, 750 years before Jesus was born. Speaking of Jesus, he says, surely he took up our pain, bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds, we are healed. So speaking about Jesus, our pain, our suffering, our sin, everything that causes the distress, difficulty, the anguish in our lives, Jesus took all of that on himself. Everything needed for our peace and for our healing was accomplished by Jesus when he hung on the cross, when he died by his wounds, by his stripes. You and I, what, what he trades, the trade that he offers, like the trade that he makes to people like you and me is that his wounds, his suffering, we can receive healing from him. And so God makes this statement about himself that he is, he's the Lord who heals us. And, and then Jesus comes into our everyday world and we get the opportunity to see in Jesus's life what, 
what healing really looks like and how God really cares about that healing for us. And so as we talk about healing, I think it's important for us to know we're talking about how God likes to and desires to, wants to, and is willing to restore us to wholeness. The punishment that brought us peace was on Jesus, and by his wounds we are healed. And when you take that word peace, which is the ancient Jewish idea of shalom, it, it means wholeness, it means health, it means well-being. And what Jesus endured on the cross purchased peace, and, and that idea gets locked right down with healing. When God is speaking to his people about healing, what he's talking to us about is, is picking us out, out of the chaos and the suffering and the difficulty and the strife of our lives and allowing us to receive an experience. He wants to restore us to wholeness. So by his wounds, by Jesus' wounds, you and I can be healed. God cares about our healing. And if you read into the New Testament as we begin to see like what God, like God's concern for our healing, what that really looks like for us. In the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew was one of the first followers of Jesus. He, he saw this stuff. He's an eyewitness to, to the ministry of Jesus. He was walking around with Jesus for three plus years, saw him on the cross, saw him after he rose from the dead. Like he saw this stuff. And then several years later, he, he wrote it down. And you and I have it. And so in Matthew chapter eight, kind of in the middle of, of this section of miracles that Jesus was doing, Matthew, he, he, re, he connects a bunch of healing miracles that Jesus did to this ancient prophecy from Isaiah. And what he says about Jesus in these healing miracles, he says this was to fill, fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our inform, infirmities and bore our diseases. And, and so what was happening in that moment, in those, in those days, what, what Matthew was recording when he said this, this was to fulfill. Just, let me just share with you kind of what comes before so you know what this is he's talking about. There are a number of, of miracles that happened. Jesus, as he took on disease and, and brought wholeness and restoration to people, starts with healing a man with leprosy. And Jesus, with great compassion, willing to step in and put his hands on somebody that nobody else would touch. And when Jesus touched him, instead of Jesus contracting leprosy, because it was a horribly contagious skin disease, instead of Jesus contracting leprosy, what happened for this man was that he, he was healed. He, he was restored to the wholeness that, that Jesus wanted to give to him, the life that Jesus wanted him to experience. There's another story that's right after that about about a Roman centurion. So the Romans occupied the ancient nation of Israel at this time. They were imperialistic, they were domineering. The Romans were there and one of the Roman centurions who would have been over a division of Roman soldiers, he had a servant and that, that servant was important to him and, and that servant was sick and paralyzed, suffering greatly, Matthew tells us. And the Roman centurion asked Jesus to step in and heal his servant. And and Jesus spoke it. He didn't even go to the place. He said, hey, your, your servant is healed, and, and, he, and he was. And so Jesus, he speaks into that suffering of that servant who was paralyzed, and then the apostle Peter's mother-in-law, next in the story, comes into this. She was suffering with a fever, and Jesus 
touched her, spoke to her, healed her. And she was up, I'm like immediately, she was up right away. And then Jesus was in the city of Capernaum when that happened. And a little later, reads like a little later that evening. And people heard Jesus was there and they were starting to hear some things about his ability and his willingness to heal people. And so, so like everybody came and they brought their friends and their family members, people who were sick and could get there themselves, like they all came. And Matthew tells us that he drove out demons of many people and he healed all the sick. Just in that, in that area of Capernaum. And then there was a man who was paralyzed and Jesus healed that guy. And this is the story where the guy's buddies, like they bring him on a mat to Jesus and, and Jesus does this miracle where he tells the guys to say, you're your sins are forgiven, and gets into a controversy because he speaks about sins being forgiven and people watching are like, hey, who do you think you are to say somebody's sins are forgiven? And he says, yeah, your sins are forgiven, take up your bed and walk, and the guy took up, like, healed him of his paralysis. And then, amazing story, he, he raises this little, this little girl from the dead. She had become sick and, and died, and her parents came to Jesus and said, hey, and Jesus went with them and raised their daughter from the dead. And again, Matthew's writing this stuff as an eyewitness. He, he saw it. He saw, he saw the whole thing around it. Like he, Jesus raised this little girl from the dead. And then he encountered this lady who had had, she'd been bleeding for 12 years. And we know from Luke's gospel, the account of this, that like she had spent all her money trying to get help for this issue of blood that she had and, and nobody could help her. And she sneaked up on Jesus in faith and grabbed his robe. <laughs> and, and just that, like, she sneaked up on him and grabbed him and in that act of faith, just touching him, she was healed. She was healed immediately and it's just this amazing thing. And then there were these two guys, neither of them, they were both blind, they couldn't see. And they begged Jesus to come over and heal them, and he, like, he went to them, and he healed them. He restored them to sight. And, and then a little bit later, Jesus, Jesus encounters this man who was made mute by a demon. And Jesus drove the demon out of that guy and restored to him the power of speech. I mean, just story after story after story after story after story about how Jesus is, is not only willing but able and moves into lives of people who will receive what he's giving to them to restore them to wholeness. And after all these stories, then Matthew looks at this and he says like, this is, Jesus is the guy Isaiah was talking about and all this healing comes about because Jesus is the one who fulfills that whole by his wounds we are healed statement. And then so, so Working through that, just for fun, I just flipped through the rest of Matthew's gospel and the other three gospels, Mark, Luke, and John, and in those other gospels, there were 13 more miracles associated with healing, and some of them involved healing every sick person in a region or every sick person in a village, and you gotta keep in mind, this list plus 13 more, just the healing miracles, there were other kinds of miracles that were going on, just the healing miracles all of this happened in a time span of like right around three years. So this isn't like a long life of Jesus, you know, living year after year in ministry. Like this is just this little short span 
of, of his life where he proves to us how much God cares about our healing and, and how much God wants us to receive from him the wholeness that he wants to give to us. And so Jesus demonstrates a lot of personal concern for our wholeness in, in the days that he walked the earth and then his concern for our health and wholeness, like it didn't stop on his death, his resurrection, his ascension back to heaven. He continued and he continues to care about our receiving, like offering to us this, this healing and this wholeness in Acts chapter four, verse 29 and 30. This is the first group of believers after Jesus rose from the dead and ascended back to heaven, this is the first group of believers, and, and they were encountering intense opposition to their faith in Jesus, to the message about Jesus and the rescue that he offers. They were, in, they were suffering under the hand of powerful people who were, who were hurting them, who were threatening them, and in the face of all that, they gathered together for prayer, and this was their ask. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Would you continue this healing thing that you started, that you've been doing for your people since the first day, and stretch out your hand to heal, Jesus. And, and he did, and if you read through the account of the Acts, Jesus continues to show his deep concern for our wholeness. Three different people who were paralyzed were given back their ability to walk and move around. Two different people were raised from the dead. Amazing stories. There were people, many people who were rescued from possession by demons. The apostle Paul was bitten by a poisonous snake. Everybody expected him to swell up and die. And nothing happened, had no effect on him. There's a man who's on his deathbed, scholars think from dysentery, and the Apostle Paul came and prayed over and put his hands on him, and the guy was immediately made well because the Lord cares about our healing and our wholeness. And he continues to care for us, and he's made sure that his healing is available to us, not just to them, to those people long ago. There's, there's healing available for us, too. As you read through the New Testament, the letters of these apostles as they're writing to the church, James, who is the brother of Jesus, he was the earliest, he was the first apostle who was martyred for his faith. And, and scholars think his letter was the first one that was written, and it's, and it's written as early as 45 AD. So if Jesus is crucified roughly 30, 33 AD, we're talking 12 to 15 years after Jesus was crucified and rose again, James is writing this letter to the church and he, he asks this question, he says, is anyone among you sick? If you're sick, here's what you do. You call the elders of the church to pray over you and to anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord and if we read down through the rest of that section, you talk about the prayers that are offered in faith. Like this, this is designed for your healing for you to be restored to the wholeness that God wants to give you. And, and then a few years later, his early 50s, the Apostle Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So what, we're maybe 20 years after Jesus has, 
has risen from the dead and gone back to heaven, and he talks about some of us have these spiritual gifts of healing that he's given to people in the church. The Spirit of God gives some people the ability to, to heal because our wholeness is important to the Lord. And so all through history, all through history from the beginning to the end, from the, from the time that God first begins to say, I am your God, you belong to me, you are my people, our healing, our wholeness is important to him. He heals us through he heals us through Jesus. I love what the psalmist says. Psalm 147, verse three, he says this about the healing that God brings to his people. He says he heals the brokenhearted. And he binds up their wounds. And it's not just the physical healing that's important to the Lord. It's the deep stuff. It's, it's the heart level stuff. It's, it's the stuff maybe that only you and God know about. It's, it's the deep work that God wants to do in our lives to heal our broken hearts and bind up our wounds. And, and it's not just for us as individuals that healing, it broadens out into, into relationships and family relationships, friendships, even communities and ethnicities, like this, this healing that God wants to do, it's amazing what, he, what he's offering to us and what is accomplished through Jesus. In Ephesians chapter two, starting in verse 14, speaking of Jesus, he himself is our peace. He's our wholeness. And what he has done is he's made two groups one. In the early days of the church and in ancient communities, the, the, the divide was ethnic. It was Jews and Gentiles. And neither group really wanted much to do with the other. And now people are trusting Jesus and these two groups are now they're sitting in church together. And, and writing into that, the Apostle Paul reminds us all that Jesus is our peace. He's taken two groups of people who, who on their own were never gonna figure it out, never know how to get along. And he, has, he destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, which was, which was that ancient law, what the Jews thought they were superior in God's people and the Gentiles had no frame of reference for any of that kind of stuff and they're all trying to come together and Jesus tore all that apart. He set aside in his flesh, in his death on the cross, he set aside in his flesh the law of its commands and its regulations and the reason he did that, his purpose in doing that was to, to make for himself one new humanity, the church, that's us. Out of the two, to bring us into one, thus making peace wholeness. And you got to know, relationally, like this Jesus, by his death on the cross, he brought peace and wholeness into your and my relationship with God. Like we had broken that thing with our, <laughs> with our desire to do things on our own, to go our own way, to not worry about who God is or what he wants for us. Like we had broken that thing. And and what Jesus did for us is he, he repaired 
our relationship with God. And, and the one who can fix that broken relationship, no other broken relationship is out of reach. Like, he, he is able to fix our other broken relationships. And so what we experience and what he's made available for us is like just in, in our friendships, in our marriages, in our families, in our communities, amongst ethnicities, like all the places where we look around and say, oh, that, those are broken, that is a mess. Jesus himself is our peace. And he alone is able to take two and bring them back to one. And, and this wholeness that he brings to our, our bodies and our broken hearts and our broken relationships it's not, just, it's not just for today, it's for eternity. So there's this beautiful little description that the Apostle John saw. God showed him this vision, and this is of, of eternity. And, and he gets to see this angel. He says, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb who is Jesus down the middle of the great city. And he's talking about heaven on earth, down the middle of the great city. And each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. And so, so it's not just an individual healing that God offers. It's not just a small, you know, for, for you and me. It is, this is, the, the healing that comes to us through Jesus, if we'll receive it, is, it is physical, it is emotional, it's spiritual, it's relational, it is community-wide, it's ethnic relationships, and it, is, and it is for all eternity. And he cares, he cares so much that we are whole, that he has made provision for all this wholeness for people like you, and me through Jesus. By his wounds, we receive healing. And, and what we experience is if we will receive what he offers to us, then we get his kind of healing. If we look for healing from someone or something else, then the healing we receive there is is the best they have to offer, the best that has to offer. But if we, if we look to Jesus, who is our healer, and receive from him the healing that he wants to give, he heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. He takes the two and makes them one. If we receive from him the healing that he wants to give, we get to be healed. So where I wanna wrap all this up for us is with a prayer that we prayed it two weeks ago. And I think it's an important prayer for us as a church, for our community, for our country, for our world, for you as individual people, for me, the, the pain, the suffering, the struggles we have in our lives. It's first prayed and penned by Jeremiah the prophet, Jeremiah 17, 14. Heal me, Lord, and I'll be healed. 
save me and I'll be saved for you are the one that I praise. So I'd like us to pray that. So if you guys would bow your head, close your eyes with me. We're here this weekend. Those of you in person, those of you online. I don't know the healing that you need, the wholeness. But the Lord sees and he hears and he knows and he cares and he is willing and he is able. So I'm gonna offer you a few seconds to to ask him for healing, to receive the healing that he wants to give you, he wants to give us. Heal me, Lord, and I'll be healed. Save me and I'll be saved. For you're the one that I praise. Lord, in these quiet moments, we're so grateful that you care for us, that you are, you are the Lord who heals us. So I pray for myself and I pray for my friends. Heal us, Lord. Heal the brokenhearted, bind up their wounds. You have taken our, our sickness, our disease, our illness, our sin, our brokenness, our dysfunction. You've taken that all on yourself, Jesus. It's by your wounds we are healed. We're saying yes to that. Thank you. Jesus, we trust you. We're praying these things in your name. Amen. Those of you here in the room, if you um, need somebody to pray with you, I've got some discussion questions for you in just a moment, but if you need somebody to pray with you and we say goodbye here, um, there'll be people down front praying. If you're watching online, you need somebody to pray with you, just hit the prayer button and that will take you to that section of our webpage and we would love the opportunity to pray for you as well. All right, so in this series, we're all, like we're talking about these things in our small groups, at least at dinner or lunch or wherever it is after the service you participate in. Um, we're having these conversations with each other about, about the topic of the weekend and so let me give you some discussion questions and hopefully these will be helpful for you um, as you continue to process this idea of the Lord being your healer. So what was your takeaway from the story about healing in the internally displaced people's camp? Um, what that stir up in you? 
Was there a particular Bible verse from the sermon or the devotionals that we're reading together? If this is your first week in this whole deal, there are daily devotionals, they look like a midterm blue book, grab it. We're starting start on work, week three with us. But Bible verse, as you work through this, is something that stood out to you, and what about it got your attention? Do you agree that God intervenes in the physical well-being of his people? And why or why not? Then have you experienced physical, emotional, spiritual, relational healing that you know is from Jesus? It can be good to share those stories with people who are around us. And then last thing, and I hope you'll take a little bit of risk, be transparent, be vulnerable to people who are around you. Where would you like Jesus to restore wholeness to you? And in, in that conversation, I think you have a great opportunity to, to be a blessing and to be an encouragement, to be a prayer partner with somebody else that God would bring his healing, his wholeness to them. So I hope you engage in these conversations. So thank you guys for being here this weekend. I'm really glad that we got a chance to worship together, learn together, be encouraged together. So um, I love you. Lord bless you guys. Have a great weekend. You're dismissed.